Um, you're listening to The Dollop. This is a bi-weekly podcast. Each week I read a story from American uh, history to my friend. Gareth Reynolds, who has no idea what the topic is going to be about. Boom! Very good. That was a good one. Boom! God, you want to look at a dude? I'll do one bottle. <laughs> people say this is funny? Not Gary, Gareth. Dave, okay. Someone or something is tickling people. Is it for fun? And this is not going to become the Tickly Podcast. Okay. You are <laughs> Queen Fakey of Made Up Town. All hail Queen Shit of Liesville. A bunch of religious virgins go to mingle. And do what? Pray. <laughs> January 13th, 1493. 1493? Yeah, we're going to... We'll move past that pretty quick. No, no, no. Let's stick in the... Back then, would people, like, walk away? Like, would they have a new satchel for, like, their ass and just be like, Hey, man, get over it. It's the 90s. Yeah. So that happens every century. (laughs) Just some asses like, Hey, man, come on. It's the 90s. Get with it. That was happening back in the 1400s for sure. (laughs) Okay. Columbus made his last stop before returning to Spain oh, at the boy. <laughs> Bay of Rincon oh, boy. in, uh, in uh, Dominican Republic. The, today, it was the Dominican Republic. The, uh, I don't know. I mean, I want to say these guys were called the Sigayos. Sure. But that sounds wrong. The Sigayos? But I tried to find any place where I could find a pronunciation of their name. And How I do you spell it? C-I-G-U with an umlaut. A Y O S. Fuck! I was really going to give right? it a whirl earlier. Shit's but fucked up. You start throwing an umlaut. Once I hear umlaut, it's a red yeah, flag. And I'm out. The rest of the letters you said, it's there's no way. Um. Anyway, they shot arrows at him. Uh, Columbus kidnapped somewhere between ten to fifteen of the natives and took them back to Spain with him. This was done for a reason. It had become the norm for explorers to kidnap natives from lands so they could appear as witnesses to prove the land they had discovered was indeed different. Wait. So, what? So if you grab a dude, so you're in Cuba, and you grab a Cuban dude, and you bring him back to Europe... And people go, oh, I've never seen a guy like that before. And then you go, right, I was oh, in a new place. Oh, fuck. I was in a new place. Oh, and then wow. and then the dude goes, can I go back? And then yeah, go, no. so your life is like your exhibit A? No, you can't go back. No. No, this is what you are. You're a thing now. You're a walking validator. Uh, in the case of Columbus, the king of Portugal was arguing that Columbus had only found lands already claimed by Portugal and Africa. But when Columbus produced the now small number of seven natives who had survived the trip... Uh, because, you know, they'd all died on the journey. They were uh, clearly a type of person never seen before, so it was concluded that Columbus had indeed found a new world. Couldn't you... Go. ...in this world of mm-hmm. proving you've discovered new land Are by bringing about, up people... You're talking about painting a guy, aren't you? Couldn't you just paint a dude? <laughs> couldn't you just give him, like, a badminton <laughs> racket and paint him? Well... These are the Kuiskis. Yeah. They eat what? trees and shit flowers. And what? Yeah. They're blue? They're blue. Yes. Like, I f- found Avatar. Oh, God. I would be so upset if I found Avatar. <laughs> um, also, they were used to learn from so that on the next voyage, it could be more profitable because they would know where stuff was and shit like that. So they would interrogate what these a life. bastards. What a life. And then they were exhibited for the curious so everyone could see someone who was different. So then you just put in a jar on display. Pretty much. Great. Quote from Columbus. Today... An- 
a numbers, n- numberless people came to the caravel and many knights, and among them the king's ministers. That was just to look at the fucking poor guys right. who had been taken from their home. They don't seem happy. Uh, all of Columbus's natives were dead within six months. Columbus would Honestly, kidnap- a blessing. Yeah, I would think so. Probably. Columbus would kidnap natives on all of his voyages. On his second journey um, uh, of five, only two made it alive back to Spain. Those two, though, on the ride back, they must be getting the A-list treatment for that last stretch of ride. Fuck yeah, they are. You dropped Fuck three? yeah. Yeah, you're like, you want me to be alive, right, bitch? More wine, gentlemen? Get me a fucking TV up in here. Uh, let, me, let me fluff you know this I mean? pillow for you. You fluff the pillow? Drink Get this. some fucking HBO on this shit. You're dehydrated. HBO. It's HBO Go. I don't have the password. Hold Just on. Fucking. The Wi-Fi on the oh, water is sweaty. awful. I feel weird. Can I please get HBO? Oh boy. Have you seen The Wire? Mm-mm. Have you guys seen The Wire? Yeah, we got that a long time ago. Oh, oh uh, shit. T- togetherness. People love it. I haven't actually I'm watched it myself. Really not interested. Got all in the like Tracy Ullman middle-aged, uh, uh, middle-aged enthusiasms. I don't want to see middle-aged issues. Curb. Have you seen Deadwood? Deadwood's great. Oh uh, yeah, I saw. Deadwood's it. a great timepiece of the, about the future. Can we get back to the thing? Where Absolutely. Uh, this. Practice of capturing people, capturing people, and uh, showing them off only continued to increase as white European explorers went to more places in the world. In seventeen fifty one, when Anne of Austria came to Spain, she rolled into town in a parade with six male and six female Indians, and then another another twenty four Indians behind them in colorful dress and masks. So they're, now they're just like ponies, right? Live human exhibitions were more and more common in Europe as the years went by. They were seen as a way to celebrate European accomplishments and dominance. As time went on, twisting the discoveries and the theory of Darwin, they became a way of reinforcing racist notions of white supremacy, which stemmed from empire and colonialism. Great. You ready? Yeah. I think you can tell where this one's going. Oh, I'm sure to a great place. We're already starting in a sweet area. Yeah, it's sweet. Yeah. More of the countries who would put native people on display went out of their way to try and mold them into images that justified their colonial power. In many cases, this meant trying to create savages. Sometimes the exhibits would be used as a way to show that the colonial presence was civilizing people. They were also uh, used for entertainment. Uh, So not much different than like reality TV. No. One specific example was a 20-year-old girl from South Africa called Sarah Bartman. In 1810, she was recruited by an exotic animal dealer. Okay. Just checking. Uh, To travel to London to take part in an exhibition. Sarah went willingly, though she had been lied to. She believed she was going to find fame and riches. And Dave, what was she doing? Well, the dealer... Really wanted her for a condition she had huh? called streetopagia, a protuberant buttocks and an elongated labia. Dave. What? Dave. What? Okay. So this yep. man, how? I mean, it's a different time. It, it's not an okay thing to say at any time. So he likes it. He, he's a big ass man. But also he's and a big labia man. <laughs> he's a labia lad. He <laughs> okay. Let me ask you this. Yeah. 
how does one scout labias? I mean, it's hard. <laughs> it's hard, but you can. I can. You know. It, pardon me, miss. How the, big are the ruffles? Does the ruffly <laughs> dress match the curtains? <laughs> She soon found herself in London in cages at sideshow attractions. With her labia? To show off her condition, she was put in tight-fitting clothing that violated cultural norms of decency at the time. She was just putting on labia-revealing clothing? Camel toe pants. She had CT pants? It was camel toe time. Oh, my God. Sounds like a camel foot, by the way. So that's weird. Like this happens to a lot of a lot of like young actresses come out to Hollywood and they sure, think they're going to get yeah. a TV show, and then they just you meet a show producer. Next thing you know, you're in a cage with tight labia pants, right? Uh, camel toers. After three years of living in Levi toes. After three years of living in this misery, she was sent to Paris. Their racial anthropologist poked and prodded her. And made their theories about her. After that, there were, wasn't much she was needed for. So with very little hope of securing a job in the terribly white racist society, Sarah turned to prostitution to support herself and began drinking heavily. So then she like, well, That's she had American a hook for, for, pro, for being a sex yeah. worker. She had like a hook like, I, hey, big, you like a big one? Yeah, it's like when you're a comic. They're, they're like, this guy's was on The Tonight Show. They're like, yeah. Sarah's labia has appeared in uh, London freak shows. Uh, she uh, had been in Europe for only four years at that point. Oh, cool. She died in poverty. Then her skeleton, sexual organs, and brain were put on display at the Museum of Mankind in Paris. All right. Her sexual organs were put on display. Oh, I heard you. They put her labia on a wall. How do you put a labia on a wall? Just, I'm asking for a friend. There's special tax. What, what, uh, it, it's got to be that gorilla. Or a small nail. But Maybe a labia like doesn't. A, uh, I don't even mean to get. Mm-hmm. I can't believe I have to ask this question. No, it's a, a shitty fucking question. To What's ask. the shelf life of a labia? Like, how can you put? Well, if you get one at Seven Eleven. No, no, no. No, 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 no. How? how but how? I don't know. Why are you looking at me? I don't know the shelf life of a labia. <laughs> You're the but doctor. I can tell you this. Oh, boy. That fucking thing was up until 1974. What? And then they put it away. They didn't throw it away. They put it away. Then they put it on the back shelf in the fucking museum. Man, and you got to do a background check. In what? 2002, Nelson Mandela formally requested that her fucking ship be returned to South Africa so it could be buried. Please send normal. us her pussy. Right. Well. Send her pussy back. Okay. Okay. I mean, that's a weird way to put it. Come on. All right. <laughs> In the mid-1800s, Europe had what became... Did we mail the pussy back? Hey, Johnny, did you mail the pussy? I don't know. You? I've done a lot of dicks. <laughs> I'm overwhelmed. Where are I said, I said four dicks to China today. Is that the oh, same I, thing? Yeah, I don't even know. I think oh I think God. I accidentally set my gum, which means I'm chewing. Oh. No! In the mid-1800s, Europe had what became known as human zoos everywhere. Oh, good. They were in Paris, Hamburg, Antwerp, Barcelona, London, Milan, and Warsaw. They were often nude or semi-nude people. In the U.S., P.T. Barnum began displaying a blind and half-paralyzed ex-slave who said she was a hundred... More, much more than 100 years old. This led to more human exhibitions by Barnum, whose circus was actually built upon displaying humans in cages. 
In the 1850s, Maximo and Bartola, two microcephalic children from El Salvador, were exhibited in the U.S. as Aztec children. Microcephalic? Have you seen the picture of the Zika babies? Oh, God. That's what it is. Pen, like a tiny, pen? tiny head. Ugh. I don't think pinhead is the correct. I didn't fully say that's it. what you were going to say. No, I didn't. I was going to say. I was going to say. We got to be. I was going to say. Pen? Can, no, I was going to say pin in this. Can we put? And let's talk about some of the <laughs> earlier things you said. So they acted like all Aztec kids had pinheads. That's the kind of shit they were doing. Because then that were like, see how much better white people are. <sighs> Human zoos did not catch on. Human. The US. Zoos did not catch on right away. Yeah, that's the word. That's the word I use. Inferring that they will catch on. Oh yeah. Let's go. They did not catch on in the U.S. until the 1870s when imperialism kicked in. Then uh, peoples from all over the world were brought to the U.S. and put in cages so white Americans could pay to look at them. Sometimes, like at World's Fairs, they would recreate their so-called actual villages. They were mostly referred to as savages. These were huge attractions. At human zoos in New York, there were an average of 300,000 visitors who attended each exhibit Ugh. in any city. These people all had their own journey to the U.S. Otabenga, a pygmy man, was born in... <laughs> That's a real thing. I looked it up to see if it was an offensive term, and I couldn't find that it was. It's an actual description of a, a people... A type of people. A pygmy man? Well, they're pygmy. They're called pygmy people, and they're they're small. I, right, but okay. That's just a funny term. Get ready, because we're going to be going a lot with that term. Oh, boy. Uh, he was born in 1881 in the private Congo Free State. Uh-huh. And I heard his room was a pygmy sty. <laughs> he was one of the Mbuti people. King Leopold II of Belgium was the founder and only owner of the Congo Free State. <coughs> Basically, so he's the king of Belgium, but he but he didn't make it part of Belgium. He just owned it as his own. Like, that's like my shit right there. So he, he bought... He, he had a side bitch when it came to land? He got Yeah. Basically, he got an explorer to go down there and claim the area in his name... Then he got the other European powers to agree it was his. <laughs> That's something you bring up at the end of a meeting. Because he claimed he was going to improve the lives of everyone in this private country that he was making. Talk to me about the Talk improvement about of the lives. You're going to build garages. Everything. Uh, I love that they're claiming a place like from far away. He hasn't been there. He's claiming it as his personal property and people live there. Yeah, but it's a lot like Love It or Listed or Property Brothers. Okay. That's a fair analogy. <laughs> uh, so House hunters. It's one of those. It was basically just a big cash grab. As soon as he, he took over, he started taking on ivory and rubber and anything else he could. He pushed the local population into forced labor. The people suffered horribly, and it is estimated 10 million died. He was eventually forced to give up his control in 1908. 10 but, million died? Yeah, he's like a fucking... He's like the Hitler. I mean, that is... No, no, this guy is like Hitler. He's like yeah. a fucking monster. Um, uh, so, but just before he gave up uh, control, in the U.S., preparations were underway for the 1904 World's Fair in St. Louis. Well, we've we been there. About that. We've been there. The fair was to have as many uh, exhibitions of natives, so producers were looking to get their hands on some savages. 
Right. We've got all the natives we need. What we need are some savages. Famous African explorer Samuel Werner was one such man. He was also an avowed white supremacist from a prominent Southern California, South Carolina family. Okay. Werner was commissioned as an agent by the Louisiana Purchase Exposition Company to go to Africa Interior to offer, quote, certain natives the opportunity of intending the exposition in person. I'm sorry. He's going to offer them a, uh, an opportunity. But this opportunity. So you're a guy, and you live in a village, uh-huh. and you like have just completed making your new hut right. out of some of the Saharan grasses, and you have a wife and some kids, and then some guy comes up and goes, do you want to go to a World's Fair? And you're like, what are you talking about? I'm trying um, to make food. My hut. I just want to make food and Just finish here. my hut. Have you seen how my life is super simple? I'm totally cool with that. Let's go. So, uh, it's just, it's going to be a good story. Trust uh, me. Just hang in there. Hang in there. No. Um, the fair was to have many exhibitions of natives, right? I said that. Yep. Uh, <clears throat> Werner was commissioned as an agent by the Louisiana Purchase Exposition Company yep. to go to Africa Interior to abide did that. Uh, the want list was one pygmy. Uh, this is like a grocery list. That Patriarch or chief. This, this is, is a this freak is the list grocery. he got. Right. The Louisiana Purchase Exposition Company sent him a list of what they were looking for. Pygmies. So you're like, hey, honey, I'm, I'm coming home. Can you pick me up anything from the store? Oh, will you yeah. get pygmies? Can you get one pygmy? Get a pygmy or two? Uh, not too tall. I don't like to tuck it. like a mid-sized. Adorable ones. Uh, one pygmy, patriarch or chief, one adult woman, preferably his wife, two infants, <laughs> and four more pygmies, preferably adult but young, but including a priestess and a priest or medicine doctors, preferably old. What? They want to mix. Ugh. What it's are you like going to make a salad with just lettuce? No, you get uh, No, don't make salads if they're humans. Oh, that's fair. Yeah, I think that's a closer point, right? The fair producer stipulated that they all volunteer to attend on their own and that they be returned home to Africa after. Sure. Sure. We can only assume Oda lived as normal a life as possible until he hit the age of 23. That's when everything went bananas. Oda was out hunting, and the story goes that he killed an elephant. Okay. Now, this part I find hard to believe because pygmies are not very big. Right. But, but according to him, he But killed, elephants also hate mice. That is true. So it might have freaked him out. Uh, so, all right. So he Okay, so this pygmy's out on a hunt one day, and he kills an enormous two-ton beast. Right. Then he returned to his village to tell them all the good news, only to find there was no more village. Everyone had been killed by the force public or public, the militia King Leopold had created to help force natives into labor. Oda's wife and children had been murdered. They were just two of the many victims of Leopold's uh, campaign of terror, uh, quote, against evolutionary inferior natives. They did not kill Ota, however. He was captured and then sold into slavery. We do not know exactly what's holding him, either another tribe or possibly Leopold's forces. Werner saw Ota as, uh, at a slave market and, quote, pulled the pygmy's lips apart to examine the teeth. He was elated. Oh, God. The f- to find the teeth were filed to sharp points, proving the little man was one of those he was commissioned to bring back. So uh, the pygmy, what, a vampire the, pygmy? These pygmies sharpen their teeth. Because they're at such a disadvantage? They, I don't know. It's just what they think is just, it was it's just a tribal thing that they do. Sure. Um, 
So he bought him for a pound of salt and a bolt of cloth. Well, as long as you're getting something for him, who doesn't need more cloth than salt? <laughs> Later, That's the I'll, value of a life. I agree. I'm not disagreeing with Little you. Little Morton's in a rag. Little Morton's in a rag. Yeah. Plenty for a human life. Could you imagine someone buys you and you see them hand over some salt? And oh, that's not for you. I owed him that. I'll write him a check later. Now get in the van, you sharp-toothed pygmy. Later in Harper's Weekly article, Werner said that Oda was held captive by the Bashili, who he claimed were cannibals. Quote, he was delighted to come with us, for he was many miles from his people, and the Bashili were not easy masters. He was excited to just recently shake his family. But he also told the Columbus Dispatch a different story, saying he was waiting for his ship to come in when he spotted Oda, along with a few members of his tribe. He said he made arrangements with a chief to take Oda with him. Quote, he was willing and even anxious to go with me. Oh, please, can I go? For the memory of his awful escape from the hungry cannibals had not been forgotten by him. I won't be able to shake my old nightmares until I have new ones. To a third news outlet... Come on, have two stories That Ota had been captured by war enemies of his tribe Who were then defeated by Belgian troops It was the Belgians who held Ota Werner, in this version, said Ota wanted to travel with him Because Werner, quote, wanted to employ pygmies It's all about jobs, man Shit always comes back to jobs Hey, you want a job? Yeah, that's it That's what what this is No, you really, they always say you want to see it in the private and pygmy sector That's right he continued through his life to create even more versions of how he got Ota. Who needs they one? They all contain the claims that he was held by cannibals and wanted to come with him. Either way, once he secured Ota, Werner asked the St. Louis World's Fair to send a PR statement to daily, weekly, and monthly publications to spread the news of his fantastic pygmy situation. Ugh. Get it out there, man. New- Get some imagine- PR in the papers. I got my uh, pygmy. Yo, bring in a pygmy, get it, call MTV. Oh, God. But Werner still needed to act fast because the fair was fast approaching and he was a month behind schedule. The man running the exhibit wrote and said, I make but a single plea, get the pygmies. <laughs> Werner responded, we are not going to fail unless death comes. Dave. To the pygmies. Get the pygmies. Werner then had uh, Ota take him to a Batwa village. So that's another group. It's a different type of pygmy. Right. Oh, I didn't realize how many varieties there, there are. There are different there. There's they're, yeah, oh. different, different. There's some in the Congo and Cameroon. Right. Um, so this was a, a, a village that Ota had been to previously. The, the Batwa, um, uh, and he had spent uh, some time together. So uh, so they take this walk. It takes Oda and Werner a couple weeks to get there. But when they arrived, they were not greeted with open arms. It turns out this tribe had a deep, deep distrust of white men. Why? I can't imagine why. Well, is there, is, is this, it's it not seems like, a little racially charged. Thank you. I don't want to call racism, but... Well, it seems like racism. You're you can't right. just assume that a, ma- a white man is there bringing you bad news. No, it's been... In this day and age? Yeah, thank you. No. Um, but really, can you imagine the fear when you see a white man anywhere near where you Oh, my God. Near where like you we're live? all about to be slaughtered. Oh, God. Oh, God. Um, Werner said the old men uh, shook their heads gravely. 
The women howled through the night, and the medicine, medicine men violently opposed his idea to take some of them to the U.S. Werner found he could not I like recruit... that he's pitching, honestly. I know, right? <laughs> I mean, you could say anywhere. Uh, Werner could... Uh, St. Louis! That's right. <laughs> You're going to St. Louis! <laughs> yeah, see the arch! Yeah, see the big arch! Um... Werner found he could not recruit any of the tribes, tribesmen, but then Oda up, spoke up. He said that Werner had saved his life and kept him out of slavery. He told them he was interested in finding out about Werner's world, and Werner offered salt. <laughs> you should see the salt. I mean, if they just had salt, none of this would have happened. In the end, eight Batwa decided to join Werner wow. and Ota and go to America. The man running the fair had wanted 18, I think, in all, but five was all, or, I mean, eight. Fine, we'll just loosen the back row for the big closer. Nine was all he was going to get. They boarded a ship and went down the Kasai River and out the Congo. They arrived in New Orleans on June 25th. Based on the passengers' ship list, we know the youngest pygmy, pygmy was 12 and another was 14. Werner caught malaria on the trip and was unable to make the journey with him. He was unloaded from the boat on a stretcher and taken to a sanitarium. Another man on the ship said Werner didn't have malaria but was, quote, cracked. Cracked as in he as lost in, it? Yeah, it sounds like he went batshit crazy. Well, I, want, I mean, I think a life of being a pygmy talent scout will drive you to a I, break. I imagine him just running around the ship going, woohoo, pygmies, woohoo, pygmies. <laughs> you know what? We, maybe, should we drop him off? What do you guys think? Maybe up here on the right? <laughs> So, uh, fair officials had to send for someone down to pick up the pygmies and bring them to the fair. It really is. It's getting to the point where it's. I've. It's the charm is almost rubbed off. Yeah. Where I, I. I've almost started to not find it crazy when you say that about the pygmy pickups. Yeah. Like they're puppies. No, it's true. But they are. Uh, but it's. I'm almost they're people. There. You've almost beaten it out of. They're me. small humans. Yeah. Uh, though he uh, hadn't. Got- By the way, I could see a pygmy trend still taking foot in yeah, Japan or something like that. Easily, like you have him on a keychain or something. Easily. Um, though uh, Werner hadn't gotten the infants or the medicine man or anything from the menu, the pygmies were an instant hit at the fair. Hey, who needs them? A local newspaper wrote, "Quote: Pygmies demand a monkey diet." Uh- <laughs> Gentlemen from. South Africa at the fair likely to prove troublesome in matter of food. And another, pygmies scorn cash, demand watermelons. Uh, okay, so if I can read through the yeah. terrible tabloidness, okay. I'm guessing the pygmies are really hungry. Oh, God. Starving? And they're surrounded by racists. And, but they have to be hungry if they're demanding watermelons. <laughs> When recovered, Werner did the rounds, talking to newspapers, and claimed Ota was, quote, the only genuine cannibal in America today. Quite a claim. Ota was especially popular with fairgoers. Everyone wanted to see his sharp teeth. They charged, uh, they charged for photos. So he, he learned that he could charge five cents to show people his teeth. Okay. So he's figuring shit out. Sure. He's already getting America. Yeah. Does w- he grow up to be Donald Trump? Yes. Okay. W.J. McGee of the Anthropology Department at the St. Louis World's Fair was in charge of the exhibitions. This was purely a scientific endeavor for him. He wanted the exhibit to, quote, be exhaustively scientific in his demonstration of the stages of human evolution. Therefore, he required the darkest blacks 
to set off against dominant whites and members of the lowest known culture to contrast with its highest culmination. So pretty standard science. What? He's comparing whites against blacks. And he he's, just wants... He's showing that the blacks are... Darker? And Yeah, darker and smaller. Well, it was very, a uh, very popular exhibit, as I said. An article in Scientific America uh, read, The personal appearance characteristic, characteristic and traits of the Congo pygmies, small ape-like elfish creatures, furtive and mischievous, they closely parallel the brownies and goblins of our fairy tales. Okay, so... They live in the dense, tangled forests in absolute savagery. And while they exhibit many ape-like features in their bodies, they possess a certain alertness which appears to make them more intelligent than other Negroes. Oh, God. Oh, God. The existence... I mean, they really are... They are marketing them as an Ewok. Yeah. Okay. That's pretty much what they're doing. The existence of the pygmies is of the rudest. They do not practice agriculture and keep no domestic animals. They live by means of hunting and snaring, eking this out by means of thieving from the big Negroes on the outskirts of oh. whose tribes they usually establish their little colonies. What? This is they just... have seemingly become acquainted with metal only through contact with superior beings. Uh, with oh my god! So they are now they are hey, Martians. This is a magazine that I subscribe to, Scientific American. Well, it might be time to. Give I a feel call. like they're. I think that someone should talk to the editor. He. That's Scientific American. It's not fair. I mean, they are. I mean. <laughs> I mean. Uh, can we just agree that we all, that our country should have been murdered? Yeah, for sure. Oda and his fellow pygmies were stared at and laughed at by the fairgoers. Some came with the intent to fight them. What, what the fuck? Who? who God what damn it. It's, it's almost like hey, the World's Fair is hey, really a biggest asshole. Jimmy, you want to go to the fair? Yeah, of course. All right, let's go to the fair. Get some popcorn and shit. Also, I want to I fucking beat the shit out of these little pygmy guys. I can't wait. Did you hear watch. about the pygmies? Yeah, they're little. Let's go fucking fuck them up. Let's stamp on them. Let's, oh, you want to see a, my fist hit a fucking pygmy guy? Oh, more than anything. Jesus Christ, I love the fair. Punch him right in his sharpened teeth. Often it was dig- difficult to keep the pygmies from being torn apart. The crowds repeatedly would push and grab at the Africans. Their guards would have a difficult time getting them out of the exhibition to safety. So new guards, new system is what we should be setting up. Often the police had to be called. What the fuck? Then oh, you go- fuck. We got another riot at the, oh, pygmy, at the pygmy camp. Jesus Christ. What's going on, the boys? There's a football team down there trying to tear them yeah, apart. Yeah, another round of pygmies got ruined. Why are they trying to tear them apart? Well, they're they're smaller. You know they get brown people. You know they get. It's exciting to see them, and you anything you see, you want to treat like bunnies. On July twenty eighth, they were performing, and the crowd turned into an insane mob trying to get at them. The first Illinois regiment had to be called out to gain control. The fucking military, because people just wanted to smash them. I will say though, this show must have been really something. It must have been a good show. I mean, I don't know what they're doing, but my God, yeah. to get people... Uh, that fired up. Yeah, to turn that crowd into a bunch of believers. That's like Trump. It is, yeah. That, I mean, Trump is the pygmy of today's. That's, you've always said that. I've always said it. Not grammatically appropriate. No, 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 but still, you've always said it, so you got to stick to it. And while the pygmies were at the fair, they were studied by scientists. The scientists were trying to answer questions like, quote, 
Why can you do this legally? How did the barbaric races compare with intellectually defective Caucasians? And also, how quickly would they respond to pain? Oh, God. After giving them the intelligence tests, the scientists conclude the pygmies, quote, behaved a good deal in the same way as a mentally deficient person, making many stupid errors and taking an enormous amount of time. Because they didn't speak English. Making stupid errors. You know, they'll make stupid errors. I I keep telling the guy, put the cap on the bottle. He he picks it up and he throws it. He still can't get his apples and bananas straight. He really is a little idiot. How does everyone not speak? Adorable, though. Our language. Just absolutely adorable. The fact that he doesn't speak English makes him a moron. He's stupid. And by the way, he's not picking it up very fast. When the fair concluded... Werner was given the gold medal in anthropology uh, for his for, pygmy exhibit. <laughs> for home just the, stealing people? Bringing home the gold. What are you talking about? He, he, yeah. he, it's an event. Yeah. He, he made... Boy, as a pygmy watching like that acceptance speech, being like, huh? Like, what the fuck? Wait, I came here and all these motherfuckers tried like to kill me. Feels like winning something. And then this fucking asshole is So many people to thank. Oh, and I almost forgot the most important person. My wife, Barbara. Barb, King Whom, Leopold. Without this, none of this could have none happened. None of this. But true to his word, Werner brought Ota and the other pygmies back to the Congo. Ota quickly remarried, but the marriage didn't last long. Soon of after, the ego on him. Soon after they got married, his wife was bitten. I was it. playing to 500 people a night, baby. <laughs> Nobody puts Ota in the corner. Soon after they were married, she was bitten by a snake and died. Oh. That's tough. How's it going? Wish I'd known that fact was creeping around the corner. <laughs> At this point, he had no clan and no family. Everyone had been killed. The rest of his tribe didn't want to have anything to do with him. Because he was all Hollywood? He was wearing sunglasses now? Well, they said he was a warlock okay. because he had gone to live with the white man. Oh, God. And lived. And whites were feared and admired. They could do things with, te- with technology that the Africans were scared of, like recording voices on Edison phonographs. Right. The pygmies thought the recordings were stealing their souls. So just because Oda had gone to live with the white man, he was no longer trusted. So it's all coming up great for Oda. It's great. It's like when you... The white man like, doesn't want him on display anymore and his own tribe He's being treated there. the way a little bird is when it falls out of the nest. Yes, he They're really like, is. They're like, no, you can't come back here. No. You're fucking, you smell like a fucking smell white like human. guy. You smell like a white guy. You smell like a white guy. Not a bad policy to have. Now, at this point, there are different viewpoints of what happened. <laughs> Which tells us we're about to have a fun moment. Werner says Oda asked to to be brought back to America because he wanted to learn the language better and learn how to read. So I'm already going to say that this next version of what was said is what is closer to reality. Otis said Werner told him he was going to bring him back to the U.S. just to visit and then would return him to Africa soon. I think it's that one. (laughs) I'm really positive that it's that one. So off went Ota and Werner I just feel like I learned a little English. I want to complete the language. The whole thing. When they arrived in America, Werner went about selling the animals he had caught to zoos and artifacts he had acquired to museums. And then there was Ota. He wanted to find a place for the pygmy to live. Werner brought his artifacts to the American Museum of Natural History in New York. You ever been there? Uh, It's a nice big museum. It's a beautiful place with a great history. I'm going to... What? You're telling me he's apartment hunting and then you lead me to... What? 
I'm just going to say right off the bat that Oda better not be living in a museum. He tried to get the curator, Henry Bumpus, (laughs) to take his African stuff and at the same time tried to talk Bumpus into hiring him. But Bumpus wasn't interested. He was, however, interested in the little African guy Werner had brought with him. No, no, no. Enough about you. A deal was made. I'm looking at that one. That one is tremendous. How much for him? He would fit right in the bumpus area. Oda was given a spare room at the museum, and during the day, his job was to walk about in a southern-style linen suit with a gray hat for visitors and helping the staff. Dave. Yes. Okay. Okay. So, okay. He's wearing, like... Uh, a yep. southern man's outfit? Yep. So, I guess my question is about clarity. <laughs> if no, go you ahead. go all the way to have Oda in your museum, yeah. a pig, an African pygmy yeah. with sharp, razor-sharp teeth. Razor-sharp. Why is he not on display as that? Again, this is under the guise that you are using him in some way it's in the fair. museum. It's fair. And why do you put him in okay. the in the Kentucky so, Fried Chicken Colonel Sanders outfit? Okay, so do you know what fun is? I thought I did. What's more fun? You walk in a museum, you look over, there's an exhibit, there's a guy sitting there in a hut or whatever. Or you walk in, little dude walks up to you and hands you a drink. Well, I say, uh, how is everybody uh, doing this afternoon? Uh, <laughs> my name is Ota. I'm a very small, and I come from Africa. It's like, it's actually, Another mint julep? Who wants a mint julep? It seems like they changed a little bit, the accent. Wands <laughs> around, huh? Round of mint juleps? Perhaps a greyhound. Again, my name is Ota. I am three feet tall with a tiny little head and razor sharp teeth. For a while, Ota liked it, but then he grew weary of it and wanted to return home. Why? So he tried to escape. He tried to walk out past the museum guards as a large crowd left the museum. Equity five. He was clearly getting angry and being imprisoned and being poorly treated. (laughs) You mean he was upset that he was being held captive in a fucking museum? But they caught him. Once he was asked to help. So now they're holding him there. Once he was asked to help seat a museum woman's wife, but instead he picked up the chair and tossed it across the room, barely missing her head. Oh, my God. He's making Dave. a point. He's making yeah. a fucking point. But is, that, is there no one there who's like, okay, this is not good. Oh, does, what is doing what we're calling acting out? Werner, while still not having much money, had to take Ota out of the museum. Okay. Because he's throwing chairs. Yeah, I think that is the right decision. I think, yeah. In a Remember. world of wrong decisions, that is a good call. So now, this is remember, this is the time when whites were all about showing that natives were an inferior species. You mean most of our history. This is uh, a view that has been espoused by generations uh, of leading intellectuals. Louis Agassiz, a Harvard professor of geology and zoology, who was maybe America's most venerated scientist at the time, insisted for more than two decades that blacks were a separate species, quote, degraded and degenerate race. So, Werner brought Ota to a place where these beliefs could be shown through Ota. Oh, God. He brought him to meet the director of the Bronx Zoo, uh, whose name was Hornaday. Oh, my God. What? What do you mean, what? Hornaday decided he wanted to display Ota at the zoo. 
Hornaday also had the standard idea at the time that whites were better than blacks in every way, and Ota was the perfect specimen because his true history could not be proven. There was nothing written of Ota. There were no documents to explain his past. You could make up anything you wanted. Perfect. That's fun. Werner agreed to leave Ota. He's like a blank check, but as a human. Yeah, he's a human blank check. Right. Werner agreed to leave Oda there because he was having money problems and was finding it difficult to take care of Ona. That must have been a real tearful goodbye. Yeah. Hey, buddy. Hey, little guy I stole from Africa. Hey, the only guy who I know and barely trust but still mean marginally something to me in a world of unfamiliar faces. Gotta go. <laughs> Werner told a New York Times reporter that neither he nor the park would profit from the exhibition. Only the public would benefit from gaining knowledge. And Oda. Who would gain venom. Ver- Werner further said that Ota was there by his own decision. Quote, he is absolutely free. The only restriction, it. the only restriction that is put upon him is to prevent him from getting away from the keepers. That is done for his own safety. Uh, he can't be allowed to run around. Wait, so the only restriction is that he's totally restricted? Yes, right. that's okay. what he just said. Right, okay. The only restriction is that he has to always the be... The only with... restriction is that he's completely restrained in every way. He has guards. He has to be. Soon, Hornaday began to encourage Oda to spend as much time as he wanted inside the monkey house. Hey, Oda, I've been thinking. How about you and them monkeys play together more? You're basically the same, right? Go in there. He was then given a bow and arrow. Hornaday told him to shoot as much as possible as part of the exhibit. Just sit around shooting arrow and then making baskets with the grass. Just shoot the arrows to just shoot them around. Yeah, just ping. So to show that you're a guy. Sure, just sort of like, yeah. Uh, and like Oda, warm-ups. And then Oda was... Shoot around. Was locked inside the monkey cage. Oh, that's different than being encouraged to go play with the monkeys. It is a little bit different, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, this is when the publicity push began. Publicity push, uh, it, oh, PR it, baby, an, anti put him in there. Nope, Pro. September 9th, the New York Times headline read Bushman shares a cage with the Bronx Park apes. Hornaday said in an article that he saw no difference between a wild beast and the little black man. Oh. Also, as a special bonus, he was excited to announce that for the first time ever in an American zoo, a human being was displayed in a cage. Can you imagine that that being great news at a time? How great is it? We're the not great. It's like when it's like when it's hold on. No, hold on. It's not like what you're about to say. Hear me out. Do you remember when the Washington D.C. was the first? Zoo to get pandas. I'm going to stop you right there because I think that already I see a huge difference. Okay. Well, this is the first zoo to get a person. Right, which is far different than pandas. A thinking. How about this? We can have living. the argument about the the moral side of whether uh-huh. or not you should keep animals in zoos at another time. Okay. Let's just say right now, as far as humans go, right. that should be a non-starter. Or, or nothing. we accept the animal part no. and start talking about putting peoples in zoos again. By the way, hey, did you see the Ukrainians? This, if Shit this were to be a movie, cray cray. it stars Kevin James. Thank you. <sighs> and just so Oda wouldn't be lonely, Hornaday put some friends in the cage with him. I can't fucking wait. A parrot and an orangutan named Dohong. <laughs> Dave. Right? Life's the worst. Right? <laughs> Dohong was known for Do, performing. Dohong. Do, 
Dohong was known for performing tricks and mimicking humans, so maybe they had a great time together. Yeah, they That's- both mimic behavior they've seen trying to get out. Crowds of 500 daily would stand there watching Oda in his cage. But Oda would often just sit quietly on a stool, glaring through the bars. He ain't doing much. Is he sleeping? He's just looking at me like he don't like me. Wake up, Oda. It's a terrible pygmy. Why isn't he jumping around and doing things? We came all the way here to see you. Jesus, what is this shit? I paid money to come in here. Jump around. And this human being in this cage isn't doing what I think he should do. I mean, wait, what good is the zoo if you can't see a little human being perform? This is the worst human I've ever seen in a cage. I'll be honest. Thankfully, so that Christians would not be offended, Oda would not be exhibited on Sundays. Oh, that's very nice. I bet, I bet you Oda looked forward to those days. What about, <laughs> as a Christian, uh-huh. you don't put a human in a zoo? Mm, Sundays, do okay. you? Okay. Sundays, we will agree that uh, that is God's day, and Oda may take that day off to sit in his quarters with Dohong and his best friend, Parrot. It could be a good movie. Kevin Hong and Nota. A newspaper reported that Oda and the orangutan were Danny DeVito as Oda were pretty much the same size, and uh, they would grin in the same way when pleased. Who would the, Dohong? A, a newspaper reported that Oda and the orangutan, <laughs> like when they were told the day was over, right? Hornaday also wrote an article about his new pygmy. Um, on September 9th, a genuine African pygmy belonging to the sub-race commonly called the dwarfs, Ota Benga is a well-developed little man with a good head, bright eyes, and pleasing uh, countenance. He is not hairy and is not covered by the downy fell described by some explorers. He is happiest when at work, making something with his hands. Like a middle finger. Like, or just uh, like a a pool of tears. Yeah. Not everyone thought it was the best idea, particularly African-American clergymen. They made their objections. Are they piping up again? Oh, God, right? Hey, why don't you not put one of us in a zoo? Hey, give us freedom. They made their objections known publicly. Hornaday told reporters that Ota had been put in the primate house, quote, because... That's the most comfortable place we could find for him. Yeah. Well, it beats the leopard well, cage. I mean, it's better than a bed. Yeah. He had an apartment. Would you want an apartment when you could live well, in a monkey no, cage? Well, no, but they do make a good point that in, as far as the zoo goes, it's oh, right. probably one of his better like, places Like, he wouldn't to work go. with the hippos. Yeah. Well, he's not going to go to the cage. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's true. I mean, we'd all love to see Oda in the hippo area. Yeah. Just for a larf. But he would probably be eaten by the hippos. Yes. This way... He can stay alive and talk to a parrot. His only friend, a repeating bird. A Reverend Gordon responded that if that was the case, he could put Ota in an orphanage for black children where he would be very comfortable. Mm, I'm not seeing the point. A newspaper quoted Werner as saying, if Ota Benga is in a cage, he is only there to look after the animals. If there is a notice on the cage, it is only put there to avoid answering the questions that are asked about him. The New York Times was also not on board with the weird criticism of the black clergyman. Yeah, it, it, now that I'm thinking about it, it really is a fucked up criticism. Right? Yeah. I mean, it's a person in a cage. What's the big deal? Yeah. And the truth is, you can't put a man in a cage for this long and then put him in an orphanage and expect him to be, to be normal. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, from the New York Times. We do not quite understand all the emotion which others are expressing in the matter. A little over the top. It is absurd to make moan over the imagined humiliation and degradation 
Odabenga is suffering. The pygmies are very low in the human scale, and the suggestion that Benga should be in a school instead of a cage ignores the high probability that school would be a place from which he could draw no advantage whatever. Yes. The idea that men are all much alike except as they have or had or lacked opportunities for getting an education out of books is now far out of date. Thank you. We've passed that idea that all people are equal. Yes. New York Times. New York Times. Thank you. Liberal, highly respected. Headlines today. It's that accurate. Good, just a good fucking newspaper. Good reporting. Sunday, September sixteenth, the week after being. Who did they endorse? Uh, Sunday, September 16th, the week after being placed in the zoo, Odo was allowed to leave the cage and roam around the park while being watched by rangers. <laughs> like, it's just... On that day... That's not... I mean... On that day, 40,000 people came to the zoo. Oh, shit. Wait a minute, Dave. As he walked around, a huge crowd followed him. Oh, my God, it's Oda! Rip then, his teeth out! Then they began chasing him. Oh, God. And Ota was finally cornered. He oh. was poked and tripped and scratched, trying to protect himself. He struck back, hitting people. Then three zoo workers picked him up and carried him back to the monkey cage. Come on, you idiot. A very disappointed Hornaday wrote a letter to Werner saying Oda had become quite unmanageable. Hey, you're humans being a dick. He explained... <laughs> He explained that he would like to punish him, but because of all the press, it would be very difficult to do so. I mean, so. I can't even beat the little pygmy. Hornady complained that, quote, the boy doesn't quite, the boy does quite as he pleases and is utterly impossible to control him. You know, he doesn't understand this whole zoo concept. He's not getting that he should be in a cage He's enjoying a himself. And even the parrot saying, <laughs> He's our shit. worst monkey! Apparently, Oda was also threatening to bite zookeepers whenever they tried to put him in the cage. Hornaday's letter closed by saying, quote, I see no way, no way out of the dilemma, but for him to be taken away. Oh, boy. The black ministers found themselves banging their this heads. This is almost a bizarro nim. <laughs> it's fucking insane. Yeah. The black ministers found themselves banging their heads against total indifference. On the other side were the New Yorker, New York newspapers, scientists, public officials, and ordinary citizens. They all loved Oda in the zoo. By the end of September, more than 220,000 people had visited the zoo to see the pygmy. Hornaday was so happy by the attendance figures that he began making plans to keep Oda on display through the spring. He also was enjoying all of the requests for photos and interviews for himself. That's always the worst. Oh, yeah, I'm Oda's best friend. Look at him. Oda and I are best friends. We're as close as two, one human and one arguable half-humanling can be. His zoo imprisonment got national and global headlines, though most were against his treatment. Oh, what? The Chicago Tribune wrote, Tiny Savage Sees New York Sneers. For black people in America, the treatment of Ota was a brutal reminder of how they were viewed by white Americans. Although the LA Times wrote, genuine pygmy is Ota Banga. Can talk with orangutan. But the city of New York was into it, including the Times. A Dr. Gabriel wrote a letter to the Times saying he had seen Ota and, quote, found objections to the exhibit absurd. Uh, he's right. Thank you. <laughs> just, I mean, it's absurd. Uh, yeah. It's a human in a cage. It is. You know what? You are right. It is absurd. He has a vast room 
a sort of balcony in the open air. A balcony where he can sit out and look at all the world he has before him. So basically what he has is like a shitty old zoo zoo cement mm. thing. A and balcony. Then, and then he can come out where the people are staring at him. Like a Vita. And that's like his balcony. Yeah. The doctor also said he enjoyed Oda's broken English and that he was the best of good fellows. He closed his letter by saying the offended black clergyman should hear the scientific viewpoint so they might change their mind. Uh-huh. So how about them apples? Another so-called African explorer weighed in. John Vane Tempest wrote an article disputing the classification of Oda as a pygmy. Really? Then Tempest said that Ota was actually a Southern African Hottentot. Hottentot. He said he had a conversation with Ota, quote, in the tongue of the Hottentots, and went on saying Ota was greatly satisfied with his captivity. Imagine if you're Ota. He, quote, he liked the white man's country where he was treated as a king, had a cozy room, a splendid room, and a palace full of monkeys, and enjoyed all the comforts <laughs> of home, except for a few wives. A palace full of monkeys. His words. It, this is what Oda told me. He said, this is so fucking great. I feel like Does a king. Does anyone else here speak Hanatot? My God, I get to sleep on a hard cement floor with a monkey and a parrot? It's like I'm a king. I'd like to call it a palace of monkeys. Oh. But I so, didn't know but I so, could live in a palace of monkeys. So all you need to do is just find somebody who says they communicate with him, and nobody can corroborate that because nobody can communicate with him. Yeah, that's pretty much where we are. It's like a horse whisperer. He can speak very broken English at this point. <laughs> Mainly he would just be like, Help. fuck. Please, Get, leave, stop, food, make, no, stop. monkey, hate, oh, God. hate monkey, kill me, hate monkey, kill me, <laughs> me, me kill, me kill drown, me. me drown, drown me, kill me, drown me, kill me, he keeps saying K king, kill me, drown no, me, kill me, kill me, drown he me, keep saying food, I'm a king, food, kill, drown, food, food, <laughs> please, end, end, Ota, kill, he says he loves kill food, Oda. and he's kill a Oda. king, he's king, please Oda, kill Oda, no, not king, oh. kill Oda, see you later, buddy, no, But while all this was going on, African American and the parents just like rack kill Oda rack Oda die rack drown Oda drown Oda. Well, this, this parrot is an asshole. <laughs> while all this was going on, African American Reverend Matthew Gilbert was writing his own articles and getting African Americans all over the U.S. outraged. At the end of September, a small group of African American ministers, led by Reverend Gordon, went to the Bronx Zoo to have a look for themselves. There. Imagine being able to go to the zoo to check out the scene with Oda. Well, well, let's just go to the zoo and look at the human. Jesus Christ. There they say they saw Oda in a cage with uh, Do Hong and uh, the parrot. They tried to communicate with him but were unable to do so. One thing was for sure. He was incredibly depressed, and that made the clergyman very, very angry. Outside of the cage was a sign. The African pygmy, Oda Benga, age 23 years, height 4 feet 11 inches, weight 103 pounds. Brought, Sassy, you betcha. <laughs> brought from the Kansai River, Congo Free State, South Central Africa, by Dr. Samuel Werner. Exhibited each afternoon during September. One of the clergymen immediately wrote so he's a letter. Doing matinees. He's doing matinees. You're a lovely audience. All right, everyone, this first one you're going to love. Goes. 
One of the clergymen wrote a letter. We are frank enough to say we do not like this exhibition of one of our own race with the monkeys. Our race, we think, is depressed enough without exhibiting one of us with the apes. We think we are worthy of considered being human beings with souls. Mm. It's a pretty good letter. Pretty concise to the point. Mm. I'm not liking a lot of it. Hornaday defended his man living with a monkey exhibition due to science. Quote, I am giving the exhibition purely as an ethnological exhibit. Mm. He insisted that the display was in keeping with the practice of human exhibitions of Africans in Europe, noting that Europe was the center of the world's culture and civilization. That's true. They're keeping monkeys with people. So Why can't I? So... It's called because Europe did it. The, the, the awkwardness of talking to a black guy over this is rather astounding. It's pretty awkward. The fact that you could sit there and look at a black dude and go, no, this one's different. No, no, no. Listen, I know we're the ones who were saying you were different for a long time, but we've learned. This one's tiny. There, I mean, if you're now slavery's just been ended not too long ago. Yeah. But this, I think, would Safe bring up to say a there's lot a bitter of, taste in the mouth well, of Africa. Yeah, I feel like it would bring up a lot of feelings sure, in regards yeah. to the no. fucking horrors. Yeah, yeah. No, actually, if you polled black people around this time, slavery was extremely unpopular. I'm getting, I'm totally understanding the plot of 12 Monkeys. Finally. Yeah. Yeah. 12 Odas would be a better movie. Kill us. Excuse me? Kill the white man. Uh, you know, Dave... You may be onto something. <laughs> uh, really, what does it take to just get rid of the whites? We're really awful. I mean, it's it's extraordinary. We're never going to learn. It's extraordinary. We need to be taught a lesson. There's so many things I can't do a dollop on because they are so horrific that they, that you can't make anything remotely funny about it. Well, they're just horrific. Thank God that this dark this story is, about a pygmy is. This is so fucking crazy that I can fertile. read it. Yeah. <sighs> anyway, back to Oda the Pygmy who lived with monkeys and a parrot. Okay, so he says that that's why he's doing it. Hornaday was not about to back down and said the show would go on until he was ordered to stop by the Zoological Society. Well, that sounds like a pretty clear setup for it ahead. But he knew that was never going to happen because he had the backing of the two most influential people in the Zoological Society. One had helped found the zoo, and the other was the secretary of the Zoological Society, a high society lawyer from a prominent New York family who had actually helped negotiate the arrangement to get Oda to the zoo. Okay. The clergyman went to City Hall to discuss the matter with the mayor. <laughs> it's just quite a level to float to on, uh, on whether or not a pygmy should be in a monkey cage. I love the idea that there are now, like, Serious let's say 12 ministers, black ministers coming in. Uh, we would like to have a, a talk to the mayor uh, about the fact that there is a human in a cage at the zoo. So some people are being real dicks about it. But they couldn't get past the mayor's secretary. Mayor McClellan was also a member of the Zoological Society. Reverend Gordon returned to the zoo and this time found Oto with a guinea pig in a cage as several hundred spectators watched. Quote, the crowd seemed to annoy the dwarf, the New York Times reported in an article the next day. We're getting more sensitive. Reverend Gordon then went to William H. Smith, the first black lawyer, to successfully argue a case before the U.S. Supreme Court. Smith appealed to a court for Ota's release. 
a wealthy white lawyer said he would finance the case to free Ota. Okay. Hornaday's response was just to remove the sign in front of Ota's cage. All right. I think I understand what all this okay. hubbub is about. Yeah. How about Let's I'm, meet how in about the middle. I'll meet you halfway? Okay. <laughs> I'm going to take the sign out. That All says right, what that's is. it. Free of charge. Sign down. Done. Sign You're right welcome. here. welcome. Feel free Deal done. Drop your case Deal now. done. Sign taken down. Spe- I know what's really hurting. Spectators continued to flock to the zoo. Due to the mounting protests, a city controller was sent down to inspect the situation. His report said that he found Ota in a khaki suit and gray cap. And that he wasn't much different than other blacks living in New York. He didn't think Ota's intellect was stunted. And he... Didn't think Ota could talk with the monkeys. He did? Didn't. Okay. He thought it was all bullshit. Okay. So now a city controller is like, okay, this is a fucking dude. Can you picture like getting that work order? Sorry, what is um, no, it? It says, uh, boss, can you uh, come here for a second? Yeah, it says, what's going it says, on? It says right here. Uh, Go down there and see if this black kid is a monkey or not. I'll see ya. What are you talking about? Take care. I got a dinner. <sighs> Things were turning against the zoo. Angry letters objecting to Oda's treatment began to hit the New York Times pages. Oda had had it as well. He was not. He was. Uh, he was becoming very violent when they tried to return him to his cage. When after wandering, he was biting, kicking, and fighting in any way he could. Once he got hold of a knife and threatened zookeepers. Oh fuck! Can you imagine that oh, day when you're like, I oh, just, "Shit, Oda's got a knife." If he just put someone down, uh, how great would that have been? Because <laughs> the truth is, if you're him, you're playing with house money. You yeah. can fucking kill whoever, yeah. and you'll still be in the cage the next day. Right. What, what's the worst threaten. they're gonna do? Put you in a <laughs> fucking cage with a monkey? <laughs> the worst, literally, the worst thing they could do to you is put you in a in a cage with another human. <laughs> So you're like the only person who going to jail for murder is an upgrade of your situation. Where were you? Where's the last prison you went? <laughs> Bronx Zoo! Uh, it was in a zoo! With a fucking monkey! Just talk to me. I want to hear your voice. Just talk to me. Uh, Oda no like zoo. Um, so, uh, so there's angry letters coming. Oda's had it. He's biting. He's kicking. Hornaday was also being, uh, becoming upset with the large mob that would chase Oda around the grounds every time he was released to walk about the place. And he wrote a letter to Werner. Quote, the boy must either leave here immediately or be confined. Without you, he is very unruly and savage. <laughs> well, yeah. I uh, wonder why. They can't figure it out. Because Werner had no money, he couldn't help Ota. Reverend Gordon said he would take him, but Hornaday wouldn't give him to the Reverend unless he agreed to return him back to Werner whenever he asked. Gordon refused. Werner and Hornaday agreed it was best for Oda to stay at the zoo. You guys have just come together and made a great uh, uh, good call. call. At this point, the press was getting so bad that even in the South, they were mocking New York for its treatment of Oda. Wow. Uh, That that is shocking. That is right. Yep. When the South is like, you're kind of racist. A Louisiana newspaper wrote, quote, a northern outrage. Yes. In the sacred city of New York, where almost daily mobs find exciting sport in chasing Negroes through a zoo without much being said about it. Well, when you put it like that, it does sound a little fucked up. It sounds kind of fucked up. When you write down what's happening on a page, when you it give starts it a to sound weird. Line. Right? Yeah. 
Finally, but it has a good topic sentence. <laughs> finally, in late September, after 20 days in the zoo, Odo was escorted out by Werner. No reporters were told. He quietly walked out and was taken to the Howard Colored Orphanage Asylum in Brooklyn. It was run by Reverend Gordon. Gordon said he was given his own room to do as he wants, including smoking. There, they began teaching Oda to read, but all he really wanted to do was go to home to Africa. In 1910, Gordon sent Oda to live with a family in Lynchburg, Virginia. The family had seven kids. He also had Oda's teeth capped and brought him and bought him American style clothes for the first time. He I, I was, just I have to say, yeah, as horrible as this is, yeah, it, it is amazing that like he gets like caps. Hey, what do you like? He's got these big veneers. He's got these white big chompers fucking, yeah. now. How you doing, everybody? Also, he's got Matt Damon teeth. Yeah, yeah. Um. So he was being tutored to help him speak better English, and he started attending. All the- he wants to learn is fuck you in English. Right. How do I say uh, cunt? <laughs> uh, he keeps trying to learn cunt, and I'm trying to not teach him it. Uh, he attended the Lynchburg Theological Seminary and College. He taught local boys how to hunt and told them stories of hunting elephants in his homeland. Sometimes he would build a bonfire and dance around it, performing an ancient ritual of his people. When he felt he had learned enough English, he stopped going to school and started working at a tobacco factory. There he excelled because he didn't have to use a ladder to get the tobacco leaves. He would just climb up a pole. He would tell his life story for sandwiches and beer. Wow. Oh, my God. He still wanted to go home, though. That's all he wanted. Then World War I began. Because passenger ships were being attacked, there was no way for him to get home. Oda began to lose interest in hunting and fishing. He was becoming withdrawn. He became obsessed with going home and was often found just sitting alone under a tree. Then one night, Oda chipped all the caps off his teeth and shot himself in the heart. Ten years after having been brought to America, he was just 32 years old. Oh, my God. Human zoos slowly became less popular as the 1900s moved on, eventually going away in the 30s. One study estimated that more than 25,000 indigenous people were brought to fairs around the world between 1880 and 1930. Ugh. Freak shows endured, though with much less blatant racism than the human zoo. Though in 2002... No. Baca pygmies were brought and exhibited in Belgium. The public was outraged. Right now in India, on the Andaman Islands, uh, Andamanese girls are being used in a sort of human zoo to attract tourists. Originally, the plan was to literally build a human zoo, but now the Andamanese are just forced to dance for tourists while naked. In return for dancing, they are given food. A very dark-skinned Jarawa tribal women are often... Tossed bananas from cars Ugh. after they dance. That's happening in India right now. <sighs> that's the thing that's happening. Jesus Christ. Everybody feel good? Ugh. What's so crazy is it's, it's just not far enough away. It's not. That's just it's it. It's too recent. It's ju- it is. It's too fucked. That's a hundred years like you ago. Can't tr- like, it, it, you can't trust us. No, not for a fucking second. And then, and then you hear the shit that like Donald Trump is saying about Muslims, and you go, oh, "We're always so fucking close to being 
barbaric. Yeah. Fucking barbaric. Now, how about this twist? Could we make a zoo where Donald Trump is on display? Oh, now is we there have, a, Now, have I actually taken now, the human zoo pendulum just there and swung it in the other direction? And, and here's and here's a All sci- I want to do is make America great again. Get me out of this cage. But here's a scientific way of looking at that. Okay? It completely... This is for science. Yes. What happens when you put a megalomaniacal man in a zoo, in a cage? Uh-huh. What happens? What happens to pure narcissism when it's enclosed... In a cage with a sloth. What you is know, that? You know, like, the orangutan is going to start doing his hair funny. God, that would be great. Let's put Donald Trump <laughs> The orangutan just keeps signing you're fired. Why can't we put him in a zoo? My running mate is Dohangi, the orangutan. <laughs> uh, obviously, ahead of my cabinet would be the parrot. Squarespace. We just want to make the zoo great again. Squarespace, Squarespace is like, what? Squarespace. What are you talking about? Squarespace is like, so can we? <laughs> sorry. One of the I'm guys sorry. listened to the I, podcast uh, once. I, I don't. Actually, we're folding the company now. Yeah, uh, sorry. That was a fucked up podcast. Um, we're actually going to do round spaces now, we decided. All right. Well, shit. Uh, great. Sorry that took so long. Oh, well, listen, it could be worse. I could be Oda. You can uh, catch us on uh, Twitter at The Dollop. We are on uh, Facebook now. We have a subreddit, a uh, Dollop subreddit. Uh, he needs a drink. Uh, we are. Uh, we got an Instagram, Dollop Podcast. Wow. We are... Uh, yeah. Let's get out of here. Hey there, people listening to The Dollop. Uh, This is Gareth. Yes, the same guy. Listen, I have a new podcast called We're Here to Help that I'm doing with my friend Jake Johnson. It's basically a call and advice show where we don't say that we're professionals because we aren't, but we try to help people with problems that are important to them. You can listen to it wherever you listen to podcasts, and it is out right now. So go listen to We're Here to Help with Jake and Gareth. We're here to help with gareth and jake i don't remember how we did it but either way fun half hour comes out tuesday august 22nd and the episodes will be out every tuesday and friday we're here to help oh hey there everybody it's gareth you know from this uh this podcast uh listen i've got some stand-up shows i'm inviting the garmy the gareth army to join me for. I will be in Fort Collins, Colorado, August 18th and August 19th. I will be in Minneapolis, Minnesota, August 24th through August 26th at Acme. I will be going to the UK in September. Please join me. I will be in Glasgow, September 13th, London, September 15th, Dublin, September 17th, and September 19th, Manchester, Birmingham, September 20th. Bristol, September 22nd, and Cardiff, September 24th. And then in November, I'll be in Australia. November 10th, almost sold out, I think. I'll be in Melbourne, Australia. Then I will be in Northbridge, Australia on November 15th. Adelaide, November 16th. Canberra, November 17th. Brisbane, November 18th. And then I will be in uh, Sydney on November 24th. Go to GarethReynolds.com for tickets. Garmy, let's get at it after it. Let's see you there.